Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 3. It's been a long time coming, but with the easing of travel restrictions, I have been able to make the journeys I had originally planned for the spring of 2020. Join me as I travel 6,684 miles with Amtrak across the United States. First, I take the Silver Star from Miami to New York, then the Crescent from New York to New Orleans. Next, I take the Texas Eagle from Los Angeles via San Antonio to Chicago. Then it's the Lakeshore Limited from Chicago to New York. And finally, the Acela from New York up to Boston. Episode 11. I look round the Moynihan train hall and I join the Crescent for the first part of the journey to New Orleans. An annoying thing is that when you're on holiday and far from home, things start to fall apart. I carry emergency spares, but it can still be annoying. When I got up in my hotel in New York, a screw fell out of my distance glasses. I thought that it would be easy to get them repaired. Sadly, my online search didn't suggest anywhere local, so I put on my spare glasses and went out to find some breakfast. As I was drinking my coffee, I looked up and out of the window and saw Cohen's Fashion Optical in West 34th Street. I finished my coffee and crossed the road where a very helpful assistant kindly mended my glasses. Thank you, Cohen's. You still fulfill the service vision of your founder, Jack Cohen. I'm stood on a balcony at the moment, looking down at the main concourse of the Moynian Train Hall, this magnificent new facility. Built in the old central post office. Beautifully light in here, even though it's a wet day. Because when they built the post office, they built a glass roof above it so that people could see more easily for sorting the letters. All this has been retained in this hall that opened just over a year ago. I'm here because I'm taking the Crescent, a daily long-distance passenger train with Amtrak numbers 19 and 20. It's a successor of numerous trains dating back to 1891 and was first introduced in its present form in 1970. As you can hear, the station announcements are about of the same quality as in most railway stations I've encountered across the world. The Crescent passes through 10 states plus the District of Columbia, so the tally of states that I pass through is increasing by the day. It's Amtrak's third longest route in the east, behind only the Silver Star that I arrived here on last night and the Silver Meteor, both which run from Miami to New York. 
In 2018, the Crescent carried 274,807 passengers, which was an increase of 6.2% from 2017. The Crescent takes us through the northeast cityscapes, the shining Blue Ridge foothills, historic Civil War battlefields, the heart of the American South, and then on to the shimmering Louisiana Bayou country. In a scheduled 32 hours, we travel 1,377 miles. On this journey, we have a number of host railways. From New York to Washington, we'll be travelling again on the Amtrak tracks. From Washington to Alexandria, our host is CSX. And then, for the rest of the route down to New Orleans, we're on the Norfolk Southern. The new Moynihan train hall provides access to most of Penn Station's platforms for Amtrak and Long Island Railroad passengers. It serves 17 of the station's 21 tracks. I've had a look around at this magnificent train hall, and if you're listening to this podcast through my website, you'll see some photographs that show how magnificent it really is. There are lots of people coming, going bags being wheeled around standing as it is termed here in line to catch their trains something must be happening on either 11 or 12 and 13 14 because there's long queues there when i arrived last night it was very easy to get out of this train hall straight onto 8th avenue and i had to go three blocks up to where my hotel was i had a shower a good night's sleep a shower again this morning and ready for my train down to New Orleans. I've just walked to the front of the building, the part of the building that still functions as a post office. It is an incredible building. There's intricate plasterwork in the ceilings, lovely hanging lamps, the doorways. Some have triangles over them, some have arches over them. This really is a stunning building built to impress. You can see that this post office was built in days when the city had great pride in itself, in days when the city wanted to show that it had culture. It's a great pity that we don't look after our services and have places like this any longer. Having stood waiting in anticipation in the Moynihan train hall for a little while, looking at the departure boards, it came up that we were on track 15. So down the escalator from the splendour of the train hall and into the subterranean dungeons of Penn Station. Anyway, I'm now aboard the Crescent. As we leave the station, we'll head for the two and a half mile long Hudson River tunnels again and cross the New York-New Jersey state line. A maximum of 24 trains can travel through each tunnel each hour and they operate at near capacity during peak hours. Usage has grown over the years. On weekdays, the number of New Jersey transit trains using the tunnels increased from 147 in 1976 to 438 in 2010. 
they were damaged by flooding in 2012. And in May 2014, Amtrak stated that one or both tunnels would have to be shut down within 20 years. In May 2021, the US Department of Transportation approved two new tunnels, although the funding sources for these projects were never identified. When we emerge, we'll be recrossing the New Jersey Meadowlands. It's 2.15 and we're departing on time. After crossing a number of sets of points on the way out of the station, we must now be in the tunnel and we're moving at quite a fair rate. We have electric traction all the way down to Washington and then we'll be changing again for a diesel locomotive. Or maybe two. This train certainly isn't as long as the Silver Star that I came up on yesterday. There are only two sleeping cars. I think on the Silver Star there were five sleeping cars. We're now out of the tunnel, under the grey clouds that have been bringing rain all day. Into the marshlands. Lots of water. Lots of reeds. And also industrial sites as well. We must be coming to a crossing, the driver's on the horn. It's 2.30 in the afternoon and I've just taken a couple of photographs that make it look as though it's the middle of the night. The clouds are so grey. I'll say one thing for the grey clouds and the rain. It doesn't improve this entrance into Newark, New Jersey. Newark is the largest city in New Jersey and in 2019 Bloomberg News pointed out that Newark Liberty Airport held the dubious distinction of being the worst US airport. It ranked at 116 in a list of 132 international travel hubs. It's a view I fully agree with. Why do I say that? OK, my view comes from the fact that in late 2001 I was threatened at gunpoint by a soldier who didn't understand that after taking the battery out of your laptop, as he had instructed, it wouldn't start unless I put the battery back in. Fortunately, an officer was on hand to point out that he'd missed a number of key steps on his checklist. I feared that if the officer hadn't been there, I might not have been recording this podcast today. Newark's Penn Station is a bit like London's Clapham Junction. It's served by multiple rail and bus carriers. It's the seventh busiest railway station in North America and the fourth busiest in the New York area. We've travelled ten miles so far from the Moynihan train hall and it's pouring with rain. My first experience of Newark Penn Station was in 2001. Memory serves me right, it was January and I was over here for a workshop in New Jersey. I was staying in a town called Clinton and I had a spare day in my itinerary and I thought I'd go into New York. So somebody took me to a station and a train arrived. I got on it 
and went into Penn Station in New York. The 1960s subterranean Penn Station might not have been the best way of getting into New York, but I did manage to see some of the sights on that day. And then, mid-afternoon, I took a train back and walked the five miles to Clinton because there was no taxi service or anything like that available from the station. We're travelling at speed through New Jersey on our way towards Trenton. A wood yard on my left, railway sidings, single-storey cinder block buildings. Looks like a maintenance depot. Caterpillar diggers, flatbed wagons in the sidings. Beyond that, some buildings that have seen better days. An old disused signal box with trees growing out of its roof. I would imagine that the signal box controlled the yard. What looks like an old water tower. Whether it's used as a water tower today, I'm not sure. But plenty of mobile phone aerials attached to it. It's still raining, water streaming across the windows, though I don't think it's quite as heavy as it was earlier. We've arrived in Trenton, about six minutes late. As I said yesterday, this is the capital of New Jersey and the site in 1776 of George Washington's first military victory after crossing the Delaware River. I'm not sure whether I'd want to get off here because in 2005 the city was named as the fourth most dangerous out of 129 cities with a population of between 75,000 and 99,999. In 2006 it was ranked as the 14th most dangerous city overall out of 371 cities across the United States. The state prison is in the town. According to the map I'm looking at, we will soon be passing Frank's Gunshot Double Tap Shooting Range. Sounds a really great place. And that's quickly followed by Holmesburg Junction. As I thought, this train is much shorter than the one I was on yesterday. Three coach carriages at the front, cafe car in the middle, two sleepers behind and then the baggage car on the end. And of course the locomotive on the front. As always, the cafe car is the place to be. There's been quite a queue of people getting things to eat and drink. We must be nearing Philadelphia because I think I remember that scrapyard from last night. Quite a spectacular one. You certainly get a different perspective when the train's going in the opposite direction. One thing that Philadelphia appears to have is plenty of terraced houses. Maybe 150, could be 200 years old. Sadly, they look as though they're in need of a lot of tender loving care in most cases. Many cities across the world, districts with houses like that would have been restored. 
was just talking to a young lady there who's sat next to a person from England who's taking the Crescent down to New Orleans and then taking the Sunset Limited across to Los Angeles. If you want to find out about the Sunset Limited, go back to the podcast that I did in Series 2 of US Rail Journeys. As I said to you yesterday, Philadelphia is the largest city in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. The population in 2020 was 1,603,797 people. The second highest population on the U.S. East Coast. It's the economic and cultural center of the Greater Delaware Valley. It's one of the oldest municipalities in the United States, founded in 1682 by William Penn to serve as the capital of the Pennsylvania colony. The city played an instrumental role in the American Revolution and was one of the nation's capitals at that time. In the 19th and 20th centuries, it was a major industrial centre and railway hub. Its industrial jobs attracted European immigrants, many from Ireland and Germany. Later immigrants came from Italy and other southern and eastern European countries. In the early 20th century, it became a prime destination for African Americans during the Great Migration after the Civil War. The station, opened in 1933, is Amtrak's third busiest and the 11th busiest railway station in the whole of the US. Lorraine appears to have stopped. There are one or two patches of blue in the sky. Maybe it's going to get a bit better. Back into the dungeon-like platform area of Philadelphia Station dark, dismal, a lot of people walking along the platform to join the train. I suspect that we'll be quite full on our journey south to New Orleans. The man with the microphone thanks the passengers and crew on train 19, the Crescent, which departed from Penn Station on Monday the 27th of June 2022. The US Rail Journeys podcasts are produced and published by the Mr T Podcast Studio. Thank you very much for listening and please join me again in a couple of weeks for the next instalment. Thank you.